ain't worried about the cowboys and a whole team full of tomboys. I ain't trying to be disrespectful, but you know how we are, boy. We ain't gotta win just to really win, so we ain't taking no loss, boy. And my team like the weekend, call my team full of them stars, boy. Now back to the podcast, you want stats and standings, we got all of that. And I know it's about football, but it's so good, you gotta run it back. Come listen for some good talk and some sports fun if you're into that. Welcome back to the Washington football team declassified podcast. We had a night last night. It was Tuesday. Football was on. Nothing felt normal. What day is it? What world do we live in? We lost to the Eagles. Oh, me. Oh, my. Eric, uh, what'd you think, man? What'd you think about the game, buddy? What, what can you do? That's the old Sopranos line. Every time somebody died, what can you do? There was, I mean, what, what chance really did, did, did Washington have to win that game last night? It was some dude they signed last week who played as well as could be expected for somebody who they just signed last week. Um, you know, you you look at on paper, they got all those guys back on defense, but they got them back the day before the game. There was no practice like there was really there was really no chance to win that game last night, even though they played well enough. Uh, they got a couple of breaks early on. But I mean, I just really you could you could see it coming. They just weren't going to win that game. Um, so it stinks, but it is what it is. It is. It is. And everything that they did offensively was manufactured off turnovers, basically. So and short fields, it was it was not pretty. Brian, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week I, I, I hated doing it, but I picked the Eagles to, to win the game. I thought they would win just given all the guys we had out uh, and kind of the, the short notice of waiting for guys to test off the protocol to get on a flight and fly over there uh, right before game time. I just didn't think it was, uh, you know, a good situation for us, but uh, I did not see us losing in the fashion that we did i mean hey it's one thing to lose but we we got manhandled um and that was startling to see by you know especially on the offense and defensive lines that uh, had been performing well of late especially the offensive line had been playing well uh the defensive line you know at least against the run they had been you know pretty stout and they were no match at all um uh, for the Eagles, the Eagles made quick work of us, and that was really scary to see. So, you know, I'm not surprised by the loss, but I am surprised in the fashion that we lost. So that 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 was a little unnerving to watch. Do you have a who done it this week for who uh, was the reason we lost the game? COVID nineteen done it. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Fauci done it. Yeah, that that COVID, uh, you know, that uh, that was a big part of it. Uh, guys in and out, not a lot of practice time, but. Um, I got to put this one on the coaches. We came in with a big game plan of nothing. It was the same game plan as last week and the week before. It was, we'll just sit in our base defense. We'll continue to run the same offensive plays that we ran in those first eight weeks, and that's it. We signed a fullback. We, we knew going into this game we were going to have a practice squad quarterback. We knew that. That wasn't a surprise to us. We knew it, and we signed a fullback. We signed a fullback specifically because we knew we would have to run the football because it was going to be one of those types of game. That fullback, he had two snaps. The practice squad quarterback threw the ball 31 times. We ran it 21 times. Uh, that, that wasn't going to get it done. Uh, so the, the plan wasn't good enough from the start. And then the execution, uh, the guys out on the field, uh, again, I know with COVID, with different guys in the lineup, brand new guys, guys we just signed, um, but still, to give up over 200 yards rushing on the ground, it, that's pretty bad, especially when you have a Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Ionitis, Settle, you know, most of the defensive line. Sweat came back, um, 
and they just got manhandled. They got tossed around, and there was no no adjustment, right? There was no run blitzes. I saw plenty of those from the Eagles, but not from us. So uh, I got to go with the uh, the preparation and the game plan from the coaches. I know they were limited uh, with what they could do because of uh, so many guys being out, but just not a good enough performance for me. You know, one thing about the coaches that we can't overlook is that there were also seven position coaches that were out. That's right. Uh, that's on the COVID list. So when the guys come off the field, like they go straight to their position coach and a lot of the adjustments, that's where they come from. So that whole thing was in disarray as well. So, you know, and, and the run pass distribution is a little misleading in my mind because he didn't start throwing until what late third quarter. They just, when they got down by 10, they, that's when they started throwing, but you know, they had, you know, you had 21 rushes, but all your drives were four runs and then you punt. So, uh, you know, or the first like two and a half quarters, that's all it was. It's, you just can't hand the ball as much as Ellie wants to. You can't <laughs> hand the ball to Ellie, uh, Antonio Gibson every play. He just got destroyed last night. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, that was not creative play calling on Scott Turner's part. Again, again, part of it was, you know, I think position coaches not being there. That was probably, you know, it's probably a bigger deal than we realize as just, you know, couch potatoes. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a lot going on with that. Um, and, you know, when the kid did throw it, it was, you know, dump passes. He either handed off to Antonio Gibson or threw it to Antonio Gibson uh, through the first three quarters. Um, they, and they kind of got active in the passing game late. But it's just, yeah, that, that, that whole game was a disaster. You just got to forget about it and move on. Yeah, you mentioned Gibson. Um, let's talk about the running backs as a whole, Eric. We had uh, 21 carries, as Brian said. We had 63 yards. Here's the thing that's sticking out to me here. Patterson was four for 25 yards, a carry touchdown and a fumble. Carter, he had a carry for 12 yards. Williams had a carry for uh, five yards. So everybody but Gibson averaged over five yards. You know, Gibson averaged 1.7 yards a carry. Is there an issue with Gibson or is that more situational, Eric? Well, they know he's getting the ball. I mean, they it was very evident early on that this team wasn't going to throw. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And... I think they could, it's almost like when you get down big and you know, you have to throw and you just tee off, you know, they knew they had a practice. They knew Washington had a practice squad quarterback. They just stacked the box and dared them to throw and they wouldn't do it. Uh, and Gibson really didn't have a chance. Um, and I, he may be wearing down a little bit this year. He may, at the, at this point in the season, he's had a big workload the last five or six weeks. So, you know, that could very well be, be part of it too. That foot flared up again last night. So we'll see. Yeah. And Brian McLaurin had two catches for 51 yards, but the more important number being the two catches. What happened to him yesterday? What went wrong there, man? Well, you know, a couple of things. One, uh, you know, you, you do got to get the uh, the quarterback. We've got a, you know, practice squad quarterback out there. And, and, and the game wasn't all on him. I mean, he's a practice squad quarterback. There's only so much he was going to actually be able to do. But, I mean, you, you saw what Gilbert was. He was late on throws, you know, just about every time. Um, and he was indecisive. Uh, there was, I mean, several plays where he just, it didn't look like he knew where to go with the football uh, when he dropped back to pass. Um, so that, uh, that added to it. And then also the, the biggest thing that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, uh, Ellie, you brought it up. This offense doesn't feature anybody. Right. And especially, you know, not Terry McLaurin, which it should, because Terry McLaurin is really, really good. Um, but we never seem to have plays drawn up just for Terry. It's usually Terry 
out muscling somebody having to stop his route, come back, catch the ball and then get crushed by some linebacker because the ball was underthrown. Uh, and you know, that just, that can't keep happening, but, um, that seems to keep happening every week to Terry. I mean, um, I had tweeted out something during the week. I'm like, why would Terry play in this game for, you know, he's going to have some no name quarterback throwing him the ball and he's probably going to get his head knocked off by some linebacker, um, because it's underthrown. And, um, you know, that's exactly what we saw. So, you know, another two catches uh, for Terry tonight. Sticking with the wide receivers, Brian, Cam Sims, one catch, 13 yards every game. It's two or three catches or nothing or whatever. He doesn't get in the game. He gets hardly any targets, but he seems to be a factor when he, whenever he does get his single or double or two targets a game. Why is he not on the field more? He had to have done something to Scott Turner. I mean, he must have insulted him. He must have cut in front of him in the lunch line or something because Scott Turner clearly doesn't like using him. I mean, he does not put him in. I think he had about 20 snaps yesterday, and that was up from like the the five or six that he had the week before. Um, I don't know. Uh, and, and if you think about our quarterback situation, we have essentially all backups this year, guys who were inaccurate, weak-armed. Well, what do you do when you have uh, guys like that? Try to get them big-bodied targets. Cam Sims is a big-bodied receiver. He's 6'5", 200-plus pounds. He's a big, strong guy. We saw against Dallas, he uh, out-muscled Trayvon Diggs for a touchdown. Um, you know, so he's a guy who should be in there. He presents a big, nice, big target for a quarterback, so he doesn't have to be as accurate. But still, he's not in the game. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, there, there has to be a reason, um, and I don't know, you know what that is. Maybe we'll find out come the offseason when uh, you know, some of these stories come out about the season and how people got along and things like that. But that's just really odd because he seems, just like you said, he makes plays every time he's in there. Yeah, Eric, we made Jalen Hurts look like Josh Allen or something <laughs> last night. 20-26, he almost went for 300 yards, a passing touchdown. He had uh, two rushing touchdowns. I mean, the guy was just slinging it deep. He averaged 11.4 yards per attempt. Like, the dude, what? <laughs> he, we said here last podcast that he's not that good. If you want to beat the Eagles, you make Jalen Hurts beat you with passing. What went wrong yesterday defensively for us? Well, the run threat. I mean, if he is a, if he is, if you can't neutralize his running threat, then you're going to, then he's going to be able to make passes on, on, on RPOs, uh, things like that. He's going to be able to make things happen because you have to respect his running ability. Uh, what Washington did really good in the game against him last year was just, they, they shut him down in the run game and he couldn't, he couldn't just drop back and pass. Cause he, he's not, even the passes he threw last night, he wasn't doing a lot of just drop back passes. It was always coming off something. It was always moving. He's able to, he's got, you know, and he, and he did make a few good reads. He actually did impress me with a few throws last night. Cause I really don't like him as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, but uh, yeah, he, I mean, he did play well and Washington was not able to neutralize what he does well. And he was able to build off of that. So that's what good players do. So good on him. Um, we need to fix that. I have a, I should be the defensive coordinator for the week. Next time we play any team that runs this stupid read option stuff, because did they change the rules where you can't just blast the quarterback every time they run that? Remember yes. when they used to do that to Robert Griffin? Like yes. when, as soon as they figured it out, they would just hit him every single time, whether he had the ball or not, because, Hey, I thought he had the ball yep. do that. Yep. And they'll, you'll take him out of the game. I don't know if they, if that's like a thing where you can't do that anymore, but why don't you do that? Just hit him every single time. If Nick Serrani does not want to get him killed, then he's going to stop doing it. So just yeah. do that. Listen to me. Listen to the <laughs> guy on the couch played high school football. They did change the rule. Yeah. Leather where... helmets. 
you can't hit him unless he's still carrying out the fake. But once he gives himself up, you can't hit him any longer. But I think that you're right about the run game for for uh, Hurts, but also for Sanders. Sanders averaged 7.3 yards a carry yesterday. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. I felt Time like our possession, though. It was, but it was gas, you know. Yeah, our defense just wasn't prepared for either facet of the game, passing or running the football. And that was really disappointing. And I know a lot of guys were not at practice because of the uh, COVID situation, but Philadelphia didn't do anything overly creative on offense to me. It wasn't something that you hadn't seen before or that you weren't defending since college. They just didn't look ready to play last night. So that was extremely disappointing to me. And I'll tell you this, the, the game itself, I guess going into the season, you'd have been like, okay, I'm not that disappointed that we're six and eight. But the fact that we had kind of made a little bit of a run, uh, you know, after the bye week and it gave you hope and you started to, to believe a little bit. And then you have this dud after the dud in Dallas. It's 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 really, really disappointing. I will say that myself. And like I said, you know, the COVID stuff happens to everybody, but the timing of it really sucks, you know. Ellie, to your point about the defense not being prepared, the Eagles defense run blitzed us a lot. Their defensive linemen, uh, you know, did some stunts to help stop, uh, you know, our run game. And our defense didn't do any of those things. They just kind of sat there and, you know, they're kind of standard for, you know, defensive linemen. That's it. Sometimes five defensive linemen, but they didn't really do anything. And I'm like, literally just watch what the Eagles are doing to you <laughs> and do it to them. But uh, it, that was really disappointing to see that just just kind of nothing uh, out of them. Yeah. I thought Landon Collins did some nice things. Um, yep. I, you know, he's, he was aggressive and he made a couple of plays. I thought that was good. Um, you know, Jamin Davis, we're still waiting for that light to go off, man, for him to, or to come on, I should say, and him to really be impactful. But, uh, you know, the hope is still out there. Anywho, anywho, you know what though, the best cure for a loss to the Eagles on Tuesday night is the fact that it's Dallas week and we got Dallas this week. And this is our Super Bowl this season. <laughs> we got to win this one. Let's take one from Dallas. Eric, are you excited about this Dallas game coming up? Not nearly as excited I was as I was for the last Dallas game. Yeah. Uh, not feeling it this week. So, uh, yeah, we do need to take this one. I'm not feeling good about if we're going to do it. <laughs> Hopefully we get one of our primary quarterbacks. And um, the last thing that I want to say about the Eagles, because I'm, I'm going to switch back real quick, is – do you guys feel like if we had Heineke or if we had Allen, that game would have been a lot different, the outcome of, of it? Maybe. Dallas, uh, Philly played defense similar to the way Dallas did. I think they would have rendered Heineke maybe a little bit ineffective with their pressure um, with the way the offensive line played. But you never know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, I think it uh, it probably would have been the uh, the same because if we were going to rely on Gibson, he gets uh, you know nicked up at the uh, the beginning of the game and then you know can't you know really gain any yards uh, outside of that you know first touchdown. Then yeah, we're we're probably in the same boat, unfortunately. Well, I will say actually, if if they jumped out to a ten nothing lead, I think Heineke could have done a better job protecting it because Philly would you know the, the offense wouldn't have been one dimensional like it was. Uh, there at least would have been a threat of passing in the first half. So maybe, you know, they could have built off that a little bit. Yeah. And the other thing, that a lot Gilbert, of ifs and buts. It was, but a lot, the other thing that uh, Gilbert didn't do was use his legs. 
to extend drives. That was really bothering me last night. Like, get out of the pocket. Yes, and start running. Heineke and Allen both would have done that. To what degree of success, I don't know, but I think we've seen them do it previously. All right, back to Dallas. They beat us 27-20 on the 12th of December. It wasn't really as close as it appeared because we were getting blown out in the first half, and I think we came back in the second half. And thanks in large part to Dak Prescott <laughs> throwing that pick six to Cole Holcomb. Uh, this time around, you know, it's 0-0 going into it. Um, what do we got to do to beat Dallas, Eric? We have to do everything right. Um, we have to get everybody back or as many people back as we can. Obviously, we have to get a quarterback. Uh, we have to maintain our health. Um, that's a big issue right now, uh, not only with COVID, but with, just with injuries. You know, we don't know. Antonio Gibson just took a beating last night. Uh, and it's a short week, so we don't know how effective he's going to be. Uh, you have to you have to get out to an early lead and protect it. Um, it's a tall order beating Dallas and Dallas because they tend to score a lot more at home than they do on the road. Uh, so we definitely will not. It won't. We won't do well in a track meet this week. I can I can assure you. No, I tend to agree with you there, uh, Brian. How do we beat Dallas? We beat Dallas by starting fast and. Uh, the defensive and offensive lines, we have to establish uh, those. Like if we get pushed around, like how we got pushed around by Philly and how Dallas kind of pushed us around uh, in the game before it's, it's going to be the same result or worse. We have to establish our run game and we've got to establish uh, on the defense that we can stop the run. Uh, If we can't do either of those things, uh, we're going to be in for a long day. Yeah, I agree, man. I think, uh, you know, actually, what I want to see us do is just come out and be aggressive. I mean, what does it matter anymore? We, we've been really safe with Heineke since the uh, bye week. We talked a lot about throws inside the hash marks only, nothing outside the numbers. I think we just need to put everything back in play, and let's just be aggressive. Let's have fun. Let's see what we can do. Um, you know, all things considered, it's like Dallas isn't a great defensive team. I mean, no, they played really well. I can't take that away from them. Their pass rush has been amazing, uh, but there's opportunities against their secondary if you can protect long enough to take advantage of those opportunities. I want to see us try to do that. Um, Let's feature Terry for once, for God's sakes. Let's see what he can do and really have him show up digs. You know, I want to see what uh, John Bates can do. You know, he's he's come on a little bit lately. Um, He had a great play last night. Uh, He should start. He should should start over Ricky Seals-Jones. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Ricky Seals-Jones should only play when there's an impossible catch to be made. <laughs> Don't throw him something easy. Bring him in for Hail Marys at the end of the yep. half. Um, and, you know, running back-wise, I, I would love to see Gibson. If he's not healthy, I know he has a toe injury. Bring back our – I mean, what happened to our guy, uh, Jonathan Williams, from a couple weeks ago where he had a really good game? I think it was against Dallas. He was impactful. He had a solid carry last night. The one carry he had went for, the what, one, five yards? Yes, yeah. the one and carry he had. And then he was benched. We never saw him or Patterson for the rest of the game. Even when Gibson was not gaining any yards, we did not see them. So hopefully we get to see those guys. And if Gibson's hurt, let can we just put him, you know, on the bench? Can we just like let him heal then for the week and just yeah. use the other guys? Is that possible? Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like, let's let's mix it up a little bit because let's let our guys get healthy. So if Gibson needs to take a week off to, to be better. Let's do that because the last thing that we want to happen, and we talked on this podcast to uh, our good friend Edwin, the, the pro football doc, and he was talking about the injury that Gibson had coming into the season. He said it shouldn't bother him. 
there'll be periods where it does, but it's not going to prevent him from playing. We don't need an injury of any length to Gibson this offseason at all. We need him to be healthy. He's probably going to have to have surgery on the foot that he didn't have surgery on last year, right? Because I didn't, uh, you know, we'll see. Let's let everybody go into the offseason healthy so that we can come back fresh in training camp. That's all I'm saying. So if he needs to take a week off or whatever, let's do it. Let's bring in more Jonathan Williams. Let's see more Patterson, whatever. But Dallas specifically, um, we talked about their coaching last time. That doesn't really scare me. I don't think that they had this incredible game plan. I just thought we were really undisciplined last time that we played them. And we, we did a lot of things to ourselves that we shouldn't have um, for them to win the game or at least come out like they started against us. Uh, Brian, take us through the matchups for Dallas. Yeah, so for Dallas, usual suspects. So in their passing game, quarterback Dak Prescott, wide receiver C.D. Lamb, wide receiver Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, tight end Dalton Schultz going against our secondary of Jeremy Reeves, free safety. I, I hope I hope Cam Curl comes back, but if not, uh, I, I'm guessing we're going to have some kind of combination of DeShazer Everett and or Bobby McCain. Corners. We still don't know if Kendall Fuller is going to come back. So that means Daryl Roberts uh, is back. And now William Jackson, uh, the third is uh, hurt. So he may not play. If that's the case, uh, you've got Danny Johnson uh, as well. Uh, that's back there. You've got Troy Apke, who's back now as well. Uh, Bobby McCain can also play corner, which he did um, this past game against the Eagles. He did play some corner as well there too. So Eric, start us off pass game who do you like in that matchup oh man just duck and cover this week um yeah william that, that william jackson injury didn't look too good i don't think he's gonna he might be he might be done um and just it's dallas is healthy and uh, our secondary is not so uh there's very little hope for our secondary really doing really keeping them contained for the entire game without a lot of help from the pass rush so got to give it to dallas yeah, yeah, no. Um, Ellie, what are you thinking about this uh, this matchup here? Yeah, they, they're three deep at wide receiver. We just don't – we're not that deep at corner. And uh, so I don't, I don't really have an argument to say that we could take the <laughs> edge here. So I'm going to go with Dallas. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you guys as well, too, to go with Dallas on this. But I will say I, I really liked what Jeremy Reeves did at free safety. He read the play, that big pass play to uh, Dallas uh, Goddard. And he, I think he jumped too early and Goddard uh, big boyed him and took the ball from him. But Bobby McCain would have never made that play. Bobby McCain would have been standing in the middle of the field watching that go over his head. So I like that Reeves knew where to go. That one touchdown, I thought if he, uh, he would have turned his head just a little bit sooner, he probably breaks that up because he was all over uh, Greg Ward. And he led the team in tackles, 12 tackles for a guy off the practice squad. So... Um, next let's do Dallas's running game against our defense. So, you know, who's, uh, who it is, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony, uh, Tony Pollard will be back this, uh, this game. He wasn't, uh, for our first matchup, but he will play. He's explosive. Uh, they also have, uh, Corey Clement, uh, back there as well. Um, offensive line, Tyron Smith, left tackle, left guard, Connor Williams, uh, will be starting center Tyler Diaz. Right guard, Zach Martin, right tackle, Lyle Collins against 
our defense, uh, defensive line, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Um, I think Casey Tuhill got hurt last game against the Eagles, so I imagine Shaka Tony will start in his place, or James Smith-Williams, one of those guys, uh, will start. Uh, linebackers, um, Cole Holcomb got put on COVID list, so he's not going to be there. It's just Jamin Davis. Uh, you've got um, Jordan Kunziak, uh, who's also out there as well, and who knows, maybe Del Rio suits up. Uh, Ellie, start us off on that one. Yeah, Pollard scares me because I think his explosiveness is going to be problematic for our defense unless our guy Jamin Davis can figure out how to stop the run in the NFL, which is one of his weak points coming into the league. So I hate to say this, but I'm going to go with Dallas's run game as well. Eric, do you agree? Uh, John Allen is Superman and Montez Sweat's back. So I'm going to take our, I'm going to take our run defense. Um, just because I need something to cling to, uh, not because I think they're actually going to win, but um, this is, that's still the best unit on the team, so I'm going to go with them. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to go with them, uh, but for the reason of their pride was hurt, right? They were thoroughly embarrassed uh, last night. I mean, 200-plus yards on the ground in the NFL, that's an embarrassment, um, especially for a defense that, uh, you know, would pride themselves on stopping the run and having a strong defensive line. I think they're going to step up in a big way. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Ellie, you said it, Tony Pollard is explosive. He'll get his plays, but um, uh, I think we do a much better job than we did against the Eagles. So flipping it over, going to uh, our offense. Uh, as of right now, it, it's probably going to be Garrett Gilbert again. We hope that uh, one of these quarterbacks, Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke, tests out of the COVID protocols here in the next day or two. If they do, one of them will be the starter. Uh, but if not, it's going to be Garrett Gilbert and Kyle Shermer. So hopefully Heineke, Allen, one of those guys gets up. Wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, uh, DeAndre Carter, Cam Sims, maybe, if uh, he uh, gets into the game, Deami Brown, Adam Humphreys, uh, tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones, John Bates uh, against Dallas's secondary of uh, corner, Anthony Brown, strong safety, J. Ron Curse. Free safety, DeMonte Kazee, and uh, overrated cornerback, Trayvon Diggs. Ellie, uh, who do you like in that one? Man, I want to like us because we have Terry, but there just isn't enough around him that's producing in addition to Terry for me to give it to Terry. So I'm going to give it to Dallas. All right. Eric, you agree? Yeah, I like our receiver, um, but I, there's just not a quarterback to get him the ball. It, even with Heineke in there, Heineke doesn't have the arm strength to really consistently get it. And you've seen his production drop, you know, as the years progressed um, because teams are taking away deep, deeper stuff um, and they're really doubling down on him because, you know, nobody else has really stepped up. You know, Adam Humphreys has made a few third down catches. Um, DeAndre Carter has stepped up, made a few couple of big plays, but nothing consistent from anybody. Um but I'm with you guys. I think that uh, John Bates should get more looks and Cam Sims should absolutely get more looks. Yeah, I got to agree with you guys. I I'd like to take uh, our group, but uh, I I've got to go with um, uh, with Dallas on this one because we don't feature Terry on offense. And, you know, uh, even if Taylor or Kyle, you know, are they even good enough to get him the ball on a consistent basis? You know, maybe, maybe not. Um, 
John Bates should be starting. Absolutely. Um, I think he is very sure handed. He's a good blocker, but he needs more reps. And I think, uh, I think playing him uh, would be a good idea. Uh, run game now for Washington, Antonio Gibson. He, we know he's hurt. He's got some injury. He's, he's more than likely going to play. Jared Patterson, Jonathan Williams, they're there, but uh, they were barely used uh, against the Eagles. Offensive line, left tackle Charles Leno, uh, left guard Eric Flowers, center Keith Ishmael. Keith Ishmael got dominated by Fletcher Cox in pass pro against Philly. Uh, it was really bad. He got put into uh, Garrett Gilbert's lap a couple times. Right guard, right guard, Sadiq Charles. Um, if Brandon Scherf uh, comes back uh, off of COVID, then he'll start. Right tackle, Sam Cosme had a decent game. Uh, against Dallas's defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore, Carlos Watkins, and Randy Gregory, linebackers, um, Leighton Van Der Esch, Keanu Neal, Micah Parsons. Eric, who do you got in that one? Well, yeah, you said it. Keith Ishmael just got destroyed last night, but he's a fourth-string center against, uh, you know, Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, Sadiq Charles definitely is not Brandon Sheriff, so hopefully uh, Sheriff can get well soon. Um, and, yeah, it's Micah Parsons, really, that's leaning. It's making me lean it toward Dallas. They've got to figure out how to get that guy neutralized uh, to even have a chance, and that goes for run game and pass game. He was so dis- disruptive last game that there's just there's no chance for them if they can't figure something out for him like yeah, he's yeah. the type of player that he really is based on his rookie year looking like lt where like teams are going to have to invent new positions just to deal with him like the h-back was invented for lt because that guy's just completely dominant yeah we need a better plan uh for micah parsons because that, that first one didn't work uh ellie who do you got in this one i man i don't like saying this dallas but i will say we do have a plan for dealing with uh micah parsons let's just cut him cut block him like all teams seem to cut block us okay let's just hit him in the knees i thought you count. said you were gonna forge a covid positive test for him or something. <laughs> i know a guy that, that might be the easier thing to do here hey micah does this handkerchief smell like chloroform <laughs> does it smell like Omicron right before game time yeah exactly <laughs> All right, uh, special teams, uh, Dallas, uh, kicker Greg Zerline, punter Brian Anger, punt returner C.D. Lamb, uh, Tony Pollard's back, so he may get some as well too, long snapper Jake um, McQuaid. Uh, our guys, we've got Brian Johnson, kicker, punter Tress Way, kick returner DeAndre Carter, long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, and Troy Apke, special teams ace, is now back. Eric who gets the edge in that one? Yeah, Brian Johnson, I don't know if y'all noticed, almost had another kick block last night. They were really close at the line to getting that. I don't trust him at all. Um, but we have Troy Atke, so Washington, of course. Uh, L.A., what do you think? Well, Carter's still, I think, like top two or three in the league in kick return yards. Dallas is probably going to be kicking it off quite a bit based on how we played the other day. So uh, I'm going to go with Washington because I think we'll have more opportunity. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Washington. I was waiting for DeAndre Carter to finally return or get a big return to kind of spark us. He got one against Philly, but it was immediately called back because we got a holding penalty by Nate Orchard. But I think he is, you know, 
due for some more big kick returns. Brian Johnson, just just keep making those kicks. I don't care how high they go, just make them. Uh, so I, I definitely give the edge there. And then um, I think we already did the coaches. We started off with the coaches. So I think we're good there. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's trash. Yeah. Cabbage. He's yeah. a bum. Horrible. All right. So, uh, Eric, tell us how you see this one playing out. Miracle at Jerry World. <laughs> Not this week. Um, I'm going 31-20. Big D. Ouch, man. Ouch. Yeah, it hurts me to say that. I was so cocky last time. I feel like crap this time. <laughs> but just with the short week and we still don't know who's going to be playing, it's going to be rough. So, yeah. I'll graciously give us 20 points. Okay. Brian? I think I picked all, all the position groups for Dallas, but I hate Dallas, so I'm not going to pick them to win the game. <laughs> uh, I'm going Washington football team 24, Dallas 21. Brian Johnson with the field goal. Blocked or made? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it gets blocked, but it yeah. still makes it through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there you go. Just our luck. I'm going to go Washington 38, Dallas 22, because I'm going to tell you why. I talk so much trash to Dallas fans. After the last game on Twitter for two days straight, I cannot afford for us to lose this game. So Washington 38, Dallas 22, it's going to happen. The legend of who? Uh, legend uh, of the bench. Of the Cam bench. Sims, 270 Sims. yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> yes. On, on two catches. Yeah. Uh, man, get, look, Williams, a running back, is going to have a good game. Terry's going to go he's, this is going to be a breakout game for Terry um John Bates is going to go over a buck uh, Jamie Davis is going to have a pick six uh <laughs> everything no look seriously on paper this doesn't look great for us especially now that we're kind of beyond the point where the playoffs are incredibly realistic for us there's still an outside shot I think it's like 11 percent chance and things happen every week any given Sunday, but we're going to have to start finding internal motivating factors now. And I don't ever like when we get to this part of a season, especially when you have three or four games left, because that's a lot of internal searching to find reasons to play football. Um, but I think that this rivalry has been restored enough to the point where anything can happen when we play each other. Now, you know what I mean? The best team will not always win in these matchups because there's so much juice between us now. So I'm going to take Washington. Uh, Eric, any final thoughts on the matchup with the Cowboys? Uh, 265 to zero, Washington wins. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> take it to Vegas. That's at halftime. That's at halftime. <laughs> Brian, final thoughts on the Dallas game? Uh, final thoughts are, you know, from the last Dallas game, there were there was a lot of moral victory, you know, and uh, back slapping. Oh, the, the second half was good. The football game is two halves. It's 60 minutes, and the effort wasn't good enough. There has to be something done differently, whether it's preparation, whether it's execution, whether it's effort, whether it's coaching, whether it's just trying a different play uh, on Sunday. They've got to do something different because uh, if they think that they're going to put in the same effort that they did in that first Dallas game and come out with a win this Sunday, 
they're going to get blown out. So they've got to do something different. They've got to take a different approach and uh, really be kind of focused in on the task at hand on Sunday. I agree with every bit of that. Um, you know, we, we had the good story. We had the David and Goliath. Goliath has stepped on us <laughs> the last two games. We're on the bottom of Dallas Goliath. Dallas isn't even Goliath. They're not. But Dallas is like Goliath's cousin, Jeff. <laughs> Ricky. Uh, you know my cousin, Goliath, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Dallas isn't going anywhere. Oh, man. But you know what? Let's ruin their season. I don't know how we can do that, but let's just beat them. Because you know what? Their fans care about this game more than they're letting on. They really care about beating us. Let's whoop them like Thanksgiving style. We don't have to be nice. Let's just let's just beat them into the ground. Let's set the tone on a team for once. Please not just answering scores. Let us come out and dominate ball control. Impose our will on these Cowboys. Please let's do it. All right. We will be back next week to talk Cowboys and everything coming after that. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast. Check out the website, wftdeclassified.com, and uh, go hug a relative. It's the holiday season. Stay safe. Have fun. Enjoy the time with your families or yourselves or your friends and whomever. But always, and I mean always, take time to be thankful. We are out of here. Peace.